Welcome to Real Talk with GCAR. I'm Christina Coach garcia with Samson Properties. Our topic today is CYA, and I'm not talking about your derriere. We're talking about covering your asset. Today, we're presenting an introduction to home insurance and a review of common coverages to ensure your home is properly protected. As realtors, we help clients find just the perfect place to call home. We want to educate you and help your clients avoid any unnecessary coverage pitfalls during home ownership. Our guest today is Brian Aguirre with Capital Insurance Partners. Brian, welcome. Good thank afternoon. You. Thank you so much. Happy, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming and being here with us today. Uh, let's begin by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in the insurance industry, and what brought you into the industry and what led you to branch out on your own. Yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I've been in the business uh, going on nine years now, and so I started with a national broker and eventually transitioned to partner with somebody uh, for an agency in, D- in Washington, D.C. So we have an independent agency in Washington, and uh, we really just pride ourselves on taking care of our clients, uh, kind of avoiding the order-taker process and getting into more um, risk evaluation and really trying to help people. So that's kind of how I built my business. And, and we, uh, we definitely like to help realtors and, and mortgage professionals in, in evaluating individual insurance. Excellent. Um, you categorize yourself as a risk advisor. Tell us where that concept came from and how it plays into our topic of the day, which is covering your asset. Yeah. Yeah. So risk advisor is the term that I like because Um, There's too many people in this industry that it becomes more of a, like I said, order taker business. It becomes more, I'm gathering information, plugging it in, and here's the price to get you in your home. Um, What I really like to do is properly underwrite risks, educate clients, find out what's really important in ensuring their specific home. And so really what that comes down to is, is, you know, making sure they have the proper coverage. So um, I am an independent agent, as I mentioned, and so my agency, Capital Insurance Partners, represents, I think we have 12 different carriers. So there's three avenues to obtain insurance in this day and age. Um, I mentioned one of them, the independent agent. They represent multiple carriers. Then there's the captive agent, and they have one carrier. They're married to that carrier. An example of that is like a state farm. And then there is the 1-800 numbers, like your Geico's of the world. Um, or your USAAs. So I typically recommend work with a captive or an independent agent. Not all of them are great, but there are many that really care about their clients and are your advocate in the event that something happens and they want what's best for you and your policy. Okay, excellent. So as agents, we face a number of different buying scenarios, and you've just explained and reiterated that a blanket policy simply won't work in all cases. Brian, can you explain what a homeowner's insurance policy is and take us through the basics of constructing and understanding your insurance policy? Yeah, definitely. So homeowner's insurance, um, they're typically package policies. And so um, as I was talking about, the structure of those policies and the packages uh, from each carrier varies. But before I get into that, I really want to focus on, you know, what is the goal of, of homeowners insurance, just insurance in general. And really, I want people to understand what insurance, home insurance in particular, is for. And it's for catastrophes. I have these conversations frequently. Homeowners insurance is when, you know, you, you're not able to afford, afford a, a, a loss on your home. So if something occurs, there's a peril, fire, theft, or water. And generally speaking, um, 
you're using your home insurance to cover that loss because you either couldn't afford it or it'd be extremely detrimental to you. So that's exactly what it's for. It's for catastrophes. It's not for those petty claims, um, you know, theft of a computer, for example. Um, so I have many of these conversations that that I hear a lot, most people just don't understand or haven't heard this before, but this is catastrophe insurance. It's not meant for that small stuff. And believe it or not, um, when you overuse your policy, there's a very good chance you could be dropped from your carrier. Um, so most people don't know that, and, and that kind of gets in how to use your, how to structure your deductible, how to, you know, when to put in a claim. So those are all really important things. Okay, great. So I guess I'm guilty of, of calling in my claims too frequent. So I might be one of those people who has the idea that if you have insurance for something, you should use it. And you've just said that overusing your policy can impact your coverage. Explain to us in a little bit more detail how claims impact your coverage and how they can affect your insurability in the future. Definitely. Yeah. So like you said, <clears throat> too many people, they, they put in a claim for something small. And so with, with carriers, if you put in, you know, unfortunately, you're just a number to most of these carriers, to just about every carrier. And that's the reputation of the insurance industry. And people think they have these great relationships with these carriers. But the bottom line is, if you overuse your policy, you are most likely going to be non-renewed. And so I'm not going to say there's an exact number, but typically if it's two or three claims in a three-year period, uh, sometimes five in Virginia, but but um, D.C. and Maryland, you're typically looking at an experience period of three years. If you overuse it, you're, there's a good chance you're going to be dropped. And if you're dropped, you're uninsurable with the, with the most major carriers. And at that point, you have to go to non-standard carriers to obtain coverage. And you're going to pay a whole lot more and you're going to have a whole lot less coverage. Okay, that's definitely valuable information because as realtors, our clients are transitioning. And we definitely want to make sure that they can get coverage or policy from the house they're in to the house that they're going to. Right, right. Um, that being said, you opened up by talking to us about po package policies. I think it's safe to say that not all insurance policies are created equal. For those of us that are not familiar, explain the difference between a standard insurance policy and a pocket insurance. I'm sorry, a package insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. So in this day and age, <clears throat> there, are there are carriers, every carrier has package policies. And there are different packages that, as we were talking about, um, are go beyond just the, the dwelling figure and the limits that you see on the policy. So it is critical to understand which package you're, you're obtaining and what are the differences between those packages. Most of that you have to rely on an agent to properly, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to properly structure those packages correctly. So um, you know, for example, there most carriers give you an included package that um, may have your dwelling coverage and give you some additional replacement costs. So let's say your home has a replacement cost of $300,000. Their basic package may give you a, a, a buffer of 20% uh, additional replacement costs if the cost to rebuild was higher. Um, there are higher packages that will give you higher percentages or even a guaranteed replacement cost. And that's really important is knowing, is there a chance that I could be coming out of my own pocket in the event that there's a big loss? And so you there's there's two types of, there's additional replacement costs, either 20 or 
or some carriers provide the best that you can obtain, which is guaranteed rebuild, which okay. is very important. Um, now, for those of us who, who are not familiar with all these details, um, our package, what is the purpose or why would someone elect a package policy over a standard policy? Is price the determining factor? Yeah. Is it deductibles or is there a difference with deductibles and having this comprehensive and this rebuild coverage? Yeah, and, and that's, that's, yes, price is the determining factor. But understanding that if you don't have the proper limits and coverages, um, you can very well be looking at a what's just what's an included policy um, ends up falling apart because they they don't they're missing certain coverages. So price is important, and everybody wants good value, as we were talking about. But if you're missing important coverages, what happens when a total loss occurs? Okay, great. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. We're actually going to expand on that topic when we get back, and we're going to talk about not having certain coverages in place or common exclusions in your policy. Sounds and great. And we'll continue in just a bit. You're listening to Real Talk with GCAR, your resource for real estate news, information, and updates that impact your business. The real estate market can be very unpredictable, but DC traffic, not so much. So make the most of your commute and tune in to Real Talk with GCAR on your mobile device, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can count on us to bring you the real estate news and information that really impacts your business. So we're back, and our topic today is CYA, covering your asset. We are talking today with Brian Aguirre, and we are distinguishing the difference between a package policy and a standard policy. So Brian, you've explained that every policy is unique and coverages vary from carrier to carrier. Can you share with us some common exclusions or things that are not covered under most policies? Sure. So that kind of brings up like what is actually covered, what's important for coverage, when, which is critical, right? That's what most people want to know. So that comes into the conversation of named perils versus comprehensive perils. So this is back to how the agent structures the policy, the package. And so it's critical to have comprehensive peril coverage. Could you tell me what perils are for... Sure. So perils are things that would trigger the policy. Fire, theft, water. That's what triggers the policy, right? Okay. So, um, so as far as exclusions, mm -hmm. when you have a comprehensive peril policy, they say that everything is covered unless it's specifically excluded from the policy. Okay. And there are some things that are excluded on every policy, and we'll talk about a few of those. Then there's named peril coverage. That is, here's a list of perils. If it doesn't fall on the list, then you don't have coverage. So I always recommend comprehensive peril coverage. But as I said, there are some things that are excluded for everybody. Flood is a big example that most people don't know. So external water entering the home, rising and entering the home. That's an exclusion. Uh, earth movement is another example, earthquake. So those are all important things that people just don't realize are excluded on their policy. So are there additional coverages available or required for water backup or for yeah. natural disaster and or for your roof, for example? Yeah. So you can purchase a flood policy through FEMA, the government program. You can add on earthquake coverage. You can add on certain things depending on your location, your risk um, profile. So 
the endorsements that can be added on are definitely there. Um, a, a very common claim is indoor water backup. So that is um, backing up of pipes or a sump pump that fails to work. And that is an endorsement that I have written on just about every policy and highly recommend it. So that's not automatic. If you not don't automatic. request that, you don't have it. Correct. It needs okay. to be endorsed by the agent. Okay. And many times I don't see it endorsed. So highly recommend endorsing water backup, especially if you have a basement. Okay. And then there's example. other examples are maybe ordinance and law. Okay. If you buy an older home and the laws change in construction, well, who covers the improvement to your home? Your your new construction would require sprinkler systems, right? That's a law change that for, for new construction. Okay. And that coverage, if it's on your policy, will cover <clears throat> the cost of the sprinkler system, for example. Um, so those are just some things that you should definitely consider adding on, um, adding on to your policy. Okay. Um, that sounds great. So let's expand here. Um, our clientele require a wide array of homes from fully rent renovated to abandoned property. Can we talk a little bit about coverage for foreclosed or abandoned properties? Um, and can you tell us if the age of the home's components, such as the HVAC, the roof, if they affect insurability? Yeah. And this is really important for realtors. Um, I have many hard discussions about this. Uh, before we get into kind of like foreclosures or investment properties, I want to mention that I see a lot of, you know, people, uh, agents come to me, clients, <clears throat> excuse me, buying homes that haven't necessarily been updated. You know, that might still be a primary residence, might still might qualify for home insurance in most ways. But if uh, every insurance company really wants to see roof, heat, plumbing, electric, the key things are really roof and heat. They want to see those updated within 25 years. If they're not, you're most likely not eligible for a new business policy. There are some exceptions, and with every carrier, it slightly varies, but it's really critical that the agent knows that these things need to be updated. And if they're not, there's some flexibility. So sometimes a carrier will say, we'll write this policy, but we want to see the roof or the heat replaced within 30 days of closing. Okay, so I mean that that poses a challenge for several of us as realtors because oftentimes you might have a home that's renovated, maybe they've upgraded the kitchen and the bathrooms and the roof is on its way out or the mm -hmm, HVAC mm -hmm. is on its way out, you have uh, a home warranty policy in place. But the reality is most consumers, uh, especially first-time buyers are not going to have the wallet to go and replace the roof within 30 days. Right. So how do we make sure that our clients are properly insured or how does one go about getting insurance and not ending up in a situation of, in fact, that roof becomes faulty? Yeah. And and that's where, you know, just as our fiduciary responsibility, just doing what, again, what's best for our clients um, comes into play that, you know, if we know that that roof needs to be replaced and it's, you know, the inspector says it's 25, 30 years old, um, you know, it, it, it really, it really should be, it's on the end of its life. And so doing, you know, making sure that we're advising our clients, um, to do the right thing and, and to maybe structure this <clears throat> into the, the negotiation is probably something I would recommend. Um, but it is, it is really important that those systems are updated. Um, and too many agents probably fudge the numbers to get you through closing. However, if a claim You're happens, about insurance agents. correct, too many insurance okay. agents, I'm not, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but right. I've seen it too many times where, you know, the pressure's on from the agent or the loan officer to say, 
we need to get this through closing. And so the numbers are fudged on the application, <clears throat> which ultimately can can hurt the insurability of the client. If a claim happened, there's a chance something could be denied. And so it is really important to take those seriously and make sure that whatever date for replacement is put on that application is correct. Wow, that's very valuable information. Thank you. Okay, so let's expand on something that affects us on a regular basis. A number of us sell foreclosure or bank-owned properties. Mm -hmm. Um, The new owner needs to insure or have some sort of coverage um, when they take possession or maybe during their renovations. How does coverage for these type of properties work? Are there any... Um, are there any restrictions to having coverage? Yeah. So we'll talk about the the kind of the more temporary situations where you know minor renovations, and then we'll talk about the more major renovations. The more major renovations that are done, where it's we're we're talking multiple multiple months, where you know contractors handling the work. Really, what's needed is a builder's risk policy. So a builder's risk is ensuring the structure and the liability during. The time of construction, <clears throat> because a standard homeowner's policy cannot be purchased. Um, there needs to be occupancy for a standard homeowner's policy within 30 days. Wow. Okay. So they really need to be in the home. There is some flexibility depending on situations. That's why it's more of a gray area if they're, you know, doing some painting and some minor kitchen work, but they're in there within 30 to 45 days. Um, if it's more of an investment property and they're flipping homes, I typically recommend uh, what's called a or a commercial policy. Um, but you're typically not going to be able to obtain standard homeowners insurance if you're flipping homes. Now, what if you have a client who's buying a foreclosure and they're doing a two hundred three k? They need to get some kind of insurance as part of their loan requirement. How does that work? Yeah, so. At that point, if you're they're buying a foreclosure, and again, systems are most likely not updated, occupancy is not there. They can they can typically obtain um, like a dwelling fire policy, which is definitely less less perils, but it provides some level of coverage. Um, there's typically higher earned premiums on those policies. They're a little bit more expensive, and they're not typically not giving you comprehensive peril coverage. So. You're, you're getting a little bit more stripped-down policy, but th- there is a way to obtain coverage. Okay. And is coverage available for damage during the renovation so that if you do start renovating, you've made a number of improvements, and there's a flood, there's a fire, something, and yes. that destroys your progress? How does that work? <clears throat> yeah. So if if uh, an incident like that happens, there's, that's what this policy is for. Okay. If the contractor, and this is another important part, if the contractor is at fault, um, they are supposed to have their own commercial policy. And I always say, confirm that the contractor has coverage and has enough liability where if they were the ones who burnt down the home, their policy kicks in to cover the loss. Wow, this is great. This is great information. Um, before we go, I'd like to touch upon a, a few scenarios that impact realtors on a regular basis. And one that's commonplace is rent backs. Yeah. Brian, can you explain to us um, or tell us what it is that previous homeowners need to have in place in terms of coverage and new homeowners for a rent back situation? Sure. So when the new homeowner purchases the home at closing, they own the home and they have homeowner's insurance in place. So there's coverage there. <clears throat> Typically, they want to have people live in the home within 60 days to be eligible for the rent back period. So the previous homeowners need to purchase a, a um, renter's insurance policy. So that's really what's important to make sure that if 
they were held responsible for something, they have renter's insurance and they have liability to coverage to cover any type of loss. So they need to convert their previous policy. Correct. Okay. Convert to a renter's insurance policy. Okay. Okay, great. So another valuable resource agents have available to them is Clue Reports. Brian, tell us what a Clue Report is and how it can benefit agents and their clients. Yeah, Clue Report is basically the history of the property within a, within five years of, of what's occurred at the home for as far as losses. So uh, this is something that real estate agents should use as a resource <clears throat> from their insurance agents. So they should go to them and say, hey, my client's looking at this home. Um can you tell me about any major losses that I need to know about to convey to the client? So we're, we're able to run a, a quick clue report to find out if anything's occurred at that home that the the, the new client the new um, in, the new insured needs to know about. Okay, and do insurance companies use these clue reports as well to create a basis for pricing or coverage on these yeah. properties? Yeah. So those losses definitely affect um, your pricing. If it's the previous owner, it's not going to affect your pricing on a new purchase for a new home. Okay. Excellent. Well, let's talk about our final topic here in another form of homeowners policies, HO6 or condo policies. Um, Brian, explain to us what the difference is between a master insurance policy and an individual policy. Yeah. So condo insurance is a little tricky, but um, there's condo insurance from a master policy that covers the entire building, and that's responsible for, for the homeowners association. Then there is what's called uh, an HO6 policy that the that the unit owner is responsible for. So the unit owner uh, is needs to have proper dwelling coverage and personal property. So really these are glorified renter's policies because ultimately the, the most of the premium is derived from personal property coverage. So I always structure my HO6 policies by calculating the walls in coverage, um, you know, everything it would cost to replace everything within the walls of the condo. <clears throat> and the homeowner is determining how much coverage they need for personal property. And so that's, that's kind of how these condo policies are to be structured. Um, typically, it's the responsibility of the homeowner to make sure that they have, uh, they have enough coverage for their personal belongings, and only they are the ones that know how to, to calculate how much they need for that. Okay. Um, on that note, if you move into a property and you renovate or redesign the interior of the property, do you need to make adjustments to your policy for, for those to be covered? Yeah. So if, if you renovate, you definitely want to let your agent know, just like you would with homeowner's insurance. You definitely want to let your agent know of any major changes. Okay. Um, also, who's responsible for structural damage in a condo? Uh, also, if you have a scenario, let's say, where your hot water heater leaks and you end up damaging the unit below, who's responsible for that? That's that's always yeah, a, good a common question. question. So if it's as a result of the building, um, really it's the master policy that's going <clears> to <throat> most likely kick in to, to, to cover the damage. But if it's the responsibility of the, of the unit owner above, the liability coverage from their condo policy is going to cover the loss. From the damage below to the unit. So, the unit, so if correct. you damage your neighbor's unit, your policy will cover it, correct. not theirs. Correct. Your liability coverage kicks in to cover their loss. Okay. Um, also, expanding on condos, most master insurance policies have a deductible. In Maryland, they instituted this minimum five thousand dollar deductible. How does a homeowner or a new homeowner ensure that they won't be on the hook for this deductible? Yeah, there's a coverage called loss assessment. Okay. So, if you're assessed part of that deductible. Um, 
you have coverage to, to, to cover that deductible that's assessed to you or any other fee that could be assessed to you. So it's always important to make sure you have enough loss assessment coverage. Okay. Well, Brian, thank you. This has been a very informative exchange. We are out of time. Um, we'd like to thank you for being uh, here with great. us today. We will probably you. invite you back in so we can do a secondary episode and expand in more detail on some of these coverages. If you'd like to follow up with Brian, you can contact him directly at 202-362-4500 or follow him on Facebook at Capital Insurance Partners. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with DCAR. As always, we hope you found this podcast as another resource from your Greater Capital Area Association of Realtors. Keeps you informed, educated, and motivated. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear us cover, or even if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, please send us an email to communications at gcar.com. And remember, the Real Talk with GCAR podcast can be heard 24 hours a day, seven days a week on your favorite device, right from our website at gcar.com. And make sure you subscribe to our GCAR YouTube channel, like us on Facebook at GCAR2, and on Twitter at GCAR Now. Thank you for listening. <laughs>